When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The Iron Brew Podcast is sponsored by Henley Granite and Marble. Henley Granite and Marble offer very competitive pricing on a huge range of worktops. We pride ourselves on our fantastic customer service and three working day lead time from template to installation on standard kitchen worktops. For more information, visit henleygranitandmarble.co.uk, quote Iron Brew for 10% off your quotation. Small enough to care, big enough to cope. Welcome to the Iron Brew Podcast, Brad Mel, Matt Blanchard and Matt Ellis. Well, we've done it then, haven't we? We're safe. I think that's probably the most important thing right now. We will be a football league club again next season, so... In that regard, it's job done. I mean, it doesn't necessarily feel like that. I think it's definitely the mood is one of relief rather than celebration. Uh, it shouldn't have really got to this stage, should it? But it's, you know, it, it is done. It's over. And if you think to back to that Bradford game, actually, it, it was quite a decent performance for a lot of it. And I, I'd say it's probably the, the best we'd played at that point in about, I don't know, maybe two or maybe even three months. And I think if we'd have had more performances like that in the games previously, it wouldn't have got anywhere near this. Um, and I, I, do you know what? I think part of it genuinely might have been because of the Tuesday night. I mean, we were getting hammered at Newport, weren't we? It was about 4-0. Not that they would know this at the time when they were playing, but... Grimsby were winning for a lot of it, but for a red card, they'd have probably beaten Exeter. And, you know, it got really close, didn't it? And I think had Grimsby won that game, we'd have been in real trouble. And I think if the players got off the pitch on that day and looked at that and seen how it actually unfolded, I wonder if part of it made them just wake up a bit and think, actually, no, this is a very real possibility. We're going to go down and I'll have a, you know, Football League relegation on my CV. So I think that might have been part of why we did put that shift in at Bradford. I think, Previously, um, you know, when we got relegated from from League One, I think we sort of sleepwalked into it, didn't we? We, you know, for months and months, we thought, no, it's never going to happen. We're too far away, and then it got there, didn't it? And then we were gone. And I think, you know, we were kind of doing something very similar this season. And I think that, you know, apart from as you said, Brad, that that uh, maybe the the red card for Grimsby against Exeter that maybe turned the tide of that game, and also um, the fact that you know we we did manage to put a good performance in it away at Bradford, which is never an easy place to go. I think you know we again we were not far away from relegation, so I think we we managed to just get what we needed in the end, be it through blind luck or just the fact that you know I don't know it wasn't our season to go down, but you know we we definitely definitely crawled over the line, didn't we? In in the most kind of I don't know really pathetic um kind of way possible if you like because it it was you know it was a disaster wasn't it the final third of the season so I think that um well apart from one game it's gone to the last game of the season hasn't it yeah well exactly and uh you know who, who knows what would have happened then you know I, I probably would have put money on us going down to be quite honest um but you know having said that if the um if the club don't get it right this summer, we're going to be in the exact same position again. And I don't think we'll be as lucky. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, during that Tuesday night, you could, you could just see it, you know, you could see Grimsby hanging on and, um, you know, obviously the red card did play in our, in our favour and, um, yeah, kind of put that to bed. But even then, um, there was still a bit of a doubt the way we played on the Tuesday night. It it was just shocking considering what was at stake. Um, just didn't turn up and I know Newport are kind of pushing to the playoffs but it was just again another unacceptable performance uh, and I, I was watching it and I was just thinking you know this, this could be on and, and, and we could be we could be going down here thankfully obviously um, Exeter pulled it back and, and turned it round but um, yeah I think in terms of Saturday's performance I think it was a lot better I thought we were a lot tighter at the back um, albeit you know we, we did try and uh, give them a couple of goals Um <laughs> Was it the one at the end and, and the other one where sort of Howard comes and, and they hit the post? And, yeah. Um, you know, if that had gone in, then uh, yeah, it would have gone down to the last game. I know we'd have been in a, a favourable position, but having said that, um, you know, you just don't know what you're going to get from this team. And um, yeah, thankfully, obviously, um, 
managed to keep the clean sheet. But yeah, it, it was a better performance. I think uh, it was a decent game, really, I suppose, for the neutral, considering Bradford had not a lot to play for. I thought they'd give it a go. I think, you know, they, they were... They tried their best, and uh, yeah, it was okay, and it was it was a better performance from us. Um, probably could have nicked it as well. We had a couple of good chances, didn't we? I think obviously Beeston's got a score there, and, and Loft as well. I think you, you've got to be finishing that. I think you probably had a bit too much time, but um, yeah, on the whole, obviously got the job done. Um, relieved, um, but yeah, it's just not been a good season, and uh, thankfully we can put it to bed. Yeah, and and obviously it is a good job. I think we've said a couple of times, and I know. I think Tom Newey said it as well. If this season was, I don't know, three, four, five games longer, it could have been very, very different. I mean, you look at the results, you know, even after uh, from the weekend, uh, South End, they beat Barrow, didn't they? I think Grimsby won their game as well. And that, that gold swing from South End, it was, I think it was about 12, wasn't it, at one point, but it, it got right down. And, you know, it, very likely that we, we could have gone down in that situation had the season been a bit longer. Yeah, you, you quite right we, we probably were about maybe one or two games away if, if the season had been a couple of games longer or if we hadn't picked up points kind of across maybe you know a couple of crucial kind of points in the season where, where we did have relatively good results we, we were you know dead and buried to be quite honest um, and and you know that's how that's how close we came really and I think that also <clears throat> by, by far margins um, we probably have to look at the kind of bit of uh panic recruitment that we that we undertook sort of like after realising that we'd gone into the season with no experienced players and, and we've spoke about this before but I think that this kind of comes into the, the thing where you know fine margins and I think that you know that the signings are kind of Howard um, Brown and, and Karakan as well kind of were also contributing factors that, that you know just kind of kept our heads above water but t- maybe take one of those players away um, or take a point there and, and a few goals somewhere else away from kind of what we accrued in the season, we were looking at, you know, being relegated. That's that's how close it was. We've got quite a lot of questions that we'll go through very soon, actually, and a lot of them are on recruitment and summer and next season because, you know, naturally that's where people are going. It's not really a time of celebration. It's like, OK, we're, we're staying up. Now we've really got to focus on next season. But we'll come on to those in a second, just, just briefly, because I'd be quite interested in your thoughts on this. Even though you know it's done, we can't go down now. There is one game left on Saturday playing Stevenage. How do you approach that game? I mean, I, to me, it seems like there's a choice of I don't know, maybe one of three options. I guess he could either play with knowing who's staying, who's going, the team as close to the eleven that he's able to field who will be here next season. You could maybe play just put the kids out. It doesn't matter. Let's give them a run. Let's see what they can do in a you know proper league match. Or maybe the players that are going, do you give them, you know, it's the last game, one more game, that sort of thing. How, how do you think he's going to approach it? Well, you know, I think if, if there were fans in, then, you know, if Kev's going, for example, then, then he may have given him a game, um, you know, just to say goodbye to the fans, if, if that's what's going to happen. Um, but, you know, that, that's, not, that's not the case. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting. I'd be inclined to play some of the other, you know, fringe players, uh, players that are going to be here next season just to see what they can do. But I think most importantly now, the pressure's off. Um, you know, it's, it's a chance for Cox now to kind of play the football that he wants to play without, you know, without the pressure, without the pressure and looking over our shoulder that we could still be relegated. Um, you know, that, that's gone now. So there's no excuse um, for approaching this game in a negative manner. Uh, so that's, that's what I want to see really, regardless of who, who plays. And who starts? Obviously, it'd be nice to see Dawson, for example, and, and a couple of the others. Um, whether they'll be here next year, who knows? But um, yeah, I think he he's got to change it up a little bit. I think um, definitely, um, and we'll just see what happens. But yeah, for me, that that's the main thing. We just need to approach it in a in a bit more positive uh, mindset than we have been recently, and, and sort of for the whole season, really. I, I was looking at sort of a couple of stats the other day. Um, and obviously we we finished where we we finished, but um, you know one win in eighteen. Uh, I think it's it's one point from from the last eighteen available. Uh, most losses in League Two. You know, I, and there's, there's obviously some really poor teams in there. Grimsby and Southend have, have won more than us. Um, you know, um, and I think the most concerning thing for me is is the fact that I think it's sort of twenty five percent of games or, or one in four games we've only registered. 
uh, either either no shots on target or one shot on target, and that that does need to change because you know if, if you're only hitting the target once a game, you know you're not you're not likely to win many games, and that's got to change for next season. And, and there's got to be a bit more of a, a, a positive approach, um, oh. and you've got to get players in to do that. You know, there's 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 that side of it as well. We, we've got to give him the tools um, to play that way. But yeah, I just hope he approaches it. Um, you know, I, I suppose let the shackles off a little bit because. There's, if we lose, we lose. But you know, let, let's just go and try and, and entertain for a change because it's it's probably been one of the worst seasons, um, you know, probably one of the worst seasons since since I've started uh, watching the club um, for kind of everything really for for quality and for entertainment. You know, I just can't remember a season as bad. And and whether you know whether the club agree with that, whether the chairman agrees with it, and, and the manager agrees with it, well. You know that that's up to them, but you know we've we've been supporting the club a long time, and and that's my opinion, um, and it's just got to get better next season. In in terms of the the, the initial question, Brad, um, you know, kind of what what do you think he's going to do on on the final game? I, it's difficult to say, really, and I think that <clears throat> ordinarily <clears throat> you kind of expect him to play kind of the players that he expects to be, um, you know, here next season, um, and who are kind of. Uh, you know, first team sort of caliber, and I think that you know we've probably only got about maybe two or three <laughs> players who, who we who we kind of know are going to be in next season and are also kind of good enough to be starting. Um, as as it stands at the minute, so it's difficult for him to to make a team out of that because so many it's, it's going to be a max. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, it's going to be a mass exodus, isn't it? Really, it's, it's as simple as that. I think you can expect all all the kind of big name players, if you like, to be gone. You know, um, <clears throat> it's unfortunate, but it's it's just the way it is. So I think that yeah, I mean, to be quite honest, I would give as many as the um, kind of fringe under twenty three players who 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 are under contract for next season who've kind of not really had as much chance as you expected. Just just get them on the pitch, you know. As you said, Matt, the pressure's off, um, and and there's no reason not to play them. And the players who basically kind of gone past the sell by date, they're clearly not interested in being at the club. There's really no reason to um, to play them, is there? Really, to be quite honest, unless we've got a huge injury list. Um, <clears throat> so it's you know I'm not really know how he's going to play it, to be quite honest. But I mean, in terms of um, there's a comment you made there, Matt, and um, saying this is probably one of the worst. Seasons you've seen you kind of on and off the field since you've been an Iron fan. I probably agree with you there, but we've we've kind of said the same thing for the last sort of three or four seasons. It just seems to have got progressively worse, and it can only honestly get worse again next season if we go down, can't it? Really, and I think that you know we're in real risk of that because the trend at the moment is each season is slightly worse than the last in in kind of off-field relations with the fans and and. Christ knows what shenanigans have been going on at the club this season um, and the performances on the pitch. Um, so it's it's sort of, if you like, really next season is, is, is probably the biggest kind of season in in sort of living memory for a lot of Iron fans, really, because, you know, once, once you drop through that kind of relegation out of the Football League, you know, I honestly can't see his coming back anytime soon. I think it took Grimsby a long time to come back, didn't it? Um, and Six I think years, that, yeah. you know, yeah, exactly. So I think arguably they're kind of a bigger club than we are. Um, of course, their their fan base is bigger, so it will be even harder for us. And and you've got all the other question marks around kind of like you know the loss of the the ground as the club's main assets, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you know, um, we we just can't afford for it to happen. So really planning for it not to happen and, and ba- basically making the right decisions in terms of recruitment. Um, you know, we really need to get it right, don't we? This time it, it has to be done right. Over the past few seasons, it hasn't. We let's hope we've learned enough, and and let's hope that kind of Cox gets the players and, and what he what he wants to kind of sign. I mean, I remember it, it must have been at least six weeks ago now in um, one of the chairman's interviews with Humberside, I believe that he said that all, all the players that we're going to have for next season will be signed by the end of May, i.e. this month. I still can't see that happening, um, especially when a lot of players kind of contracts expire at the end of June, July. So it's, unless they, you know, they sign on pre-contract agreements before the, the deals expire. But I mean, I, I can't see that happening, let, let's be honest. Um, so, it, you know, it, but if, if it does, you know, then that's good because that means, as we said, we've identified the targets we want, you know, as long as that experience is brought in and, and the right signings are made, I think we'll be okay. Um, but, you know, as we said before, they have to get it right because I think that this time, if it's fatally wrong, it will be fatal for the club. I mean, it did concern me a little bit. I think it was in the week and Cox was mentioning, obviously been doing quite a lot of work in the last month or so, looking at players to bring in. And he did say that a lot of the players that, that are brought into the club in the summer um, are, are probably players that the fans haven't heard of. Um, 
and you know that alarm bells were ringing a little bit. You know, I think um, it, it's always nice to sign a couple from from non-league. I think Manny's shown that you can you can find decent um, players that that can step up to this level uh, this season. I think with a sort of a good preseason under his belt, I think he, he's going to be um, you know really good player for us. Um, but yeah, I mean that for me again, he did mention experience and, and he did say he wants to get some experience in, but. Again, that's really important. I think we, we just can't make the same mistakes as, as last season and start on the back foot. It just seems such a waste of, of time and um, money in the end because you end up paying out you know, more or a premium for these players, um, trying to get them in to kind of save the season. So it'd be nice, obviously, um, to kind of do the business sooner rather than later. But as you say, yeah, as you said, Matt, there, I think... Um, very ambitious to be getting the players in for the end of May. I think... Uh, <laughs> You know, it'd be nice to get them in for sort of the start of pre-season um, rather than you know, a few days before the start of the season, which we, which we have seen in the past, um, and give them a bit of time to, to gel because, you know, I'm sick of... I know last season or, or this season's been um, sort of unique in, in the sense that pre-season was, you know, there was all the COVID issues, and very difficult to kind of train together and things like that. Uh, but I'm, I'm sick of kind of hearing excuses about... Um, sort of lack of preparation in I think we blamed sort of the, the season when we went down from League One on that. You know, Nick Dawes didn't get them ready and uh, we just can't have that. We've got to get all the players in the building as soon as possible. They've all got to be fit and, and they've all got to be up for it. And um yeah, you've you've just got to hope that there's some experience in there as well. But I think, you know, there's probably going to be some decent players at, at non league that, that we can look to bring in. Uh, and I think that's probably where we're shopping at the moment. Um, but yeah, there's got to be that balance and I'm just hoping, you know, there, there is that balance and I hope that you look at some of the players we've got, obviously uh, Karajan's one, you know, it'd be great if we could get him signed up for next season, I think that'd be a great start um, but yeah, yeah, we'll have to see what happens. Of course, something as well to consider is that it's it's not necessarily quite, a, you know, an easy job to just to get these players in. I mean, think about you know, previously, and I know you wanted to talk about this a little bit, um, in some of the early days when the chairman was here, you know, and you bring in the likes of uh, Paddy Madden, you know, Kev first time around, moving forward a little bit, you know, lone players like, I don't know, Yates and Tony, you know, it it was a real sense of we're having a right go here to get to the championship, you know, we're looking at a promotion push, there's, you know, the ground, everything like that. It was, every time we got a new signing, it was it was always mentioned that, you know, that was part of the parcel that attracted them to come to the club it's a very different situation now isn't it we're you know right down the bottom of league two narrowly stayed up you know skin of your teeth all all the money i mean all clubs are going to be like this but we know scunthorpe you know they're going to be cutting the budget again next season and we've got a lot of questions on that not necessarily a bad thing you know if you do it right as we've said before but in terms of marketing the club to players it's it's not an easy task now no, I mean definitely not if they've read the forum, which uh, which has been uh, suggested before. But no, I think um, yeah, in terms of that, you look at sort of some of the players we brought in uh, during sort of Swan's tenure, and I think um, let's be honest, when we were League One and, and having a go, I think the the real sort of um, driver for these players to come was was money. At the end of the day, I think that was you know we, we kind of seem to be a number of teams Bradford always seems to be the team that, that were kind of in for the same players and, and we always seem to kind of pick them uh, to the signatures but yeah it, it was always money but I think you look back when Swan first came in you mentioned Madden uh, you know it was unbelievable signing really considering he was at a championship club and, and dropped down uh, but I think, I think uh, Kev as well you know no one had a fucking clue who he was, but it was just the excitement around that. I remember people were kind of tracking the, the flights over from Did you Holland. go to him beside airport, mate? No, no, no. But, you know, no one had a clue. No one knew if he was any good. I think. Can I, we... can I just jump in on that for a second and just tie that into what you've just been saying? You know, um, where Cox talks about there might be players that the fans have never heard of. You know, I was, I was thinking about this and trying to find a way to word it, but it's not necessarily just a non-league player. I think it's likely to be that, but you never know. There might be the odd thing like, like Kev, you know, like you say just that we'd never heard of him, but you know, it, it proves to be quite an interesting signing. Yeah. And I think when Turnbull was here, they were looking, weren't they? I think we, there was the, um, I can't, I can't think what he was. Ojo called. as well, wasn't there? 
Yeah, obviously, Ojo, there was the other lad who was on trial. Was he uh, Maltese? Uh, I'm pretty sure he was Maltese, and we were trying to sign him, but that never that never happened. Um, but So, yeah, I think that they have been looking abroad. Whether that's still the case now, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, you know, okay, you may find an Ojo, you may find a, a Kev, uh, but you also you might get a Turan as well, and, uh, you know, that's, <laughs> that's been a, a really positive cool. signing. I, I think, for me, that the main thing um, really in terms of signings and, and bringing people in, I just hope we, we kind of not hoping that agents are just going to basically present players to us and, and say, you know, take these as we've seen sort of last season um, where we've, we've taken three or four players from, from one agent and actually have any been any good? No, not really. I mean, you know, Hippolyte uh, is really, you know, he puts the effort in, but he's been poor. Uh, Vincent rarely played. I know he was injured, um, but again, I don't know if he was sort of that good anyway. And uh, and Turan, and and then you throw in Almani in the mix in previous seasons, and it it just baffles me really. I think if if Will, um, you know, has identified players that he can bring to the club, and, and he thinks they're going to improve what we've got, then that's great. And you know, hopefully, hopefully, um, that's what happened happen in the summer. But I hope we're just not relying on agents and and kind of taking whoever they they're kind of presenting to us because um, you know that that's not worked in the in the past couple of seasons. Um, so yeah, whether there's a change of approach on that, I don't know. But um, but yeah, I think it's a good point we make. Obviously, um, yeah, no one had heard of Kev. Uh, but kind of just going back to that, I think um, we're probably not going to have that kind of excitement again in, in terms of signing players and, and putting bids in for players. You know, we were putting some big bids in at times. I think Sam Morsey was one with about three hundred grand, and you just you just can't see us doing that anymore and, and spending that money. Um, and as you say, it's going to be very difficult to sell this club to anyone, really, apart from... Sort of, I suppose we were in that position last summer as well. Uh, and you look at some of the players we signed, obviously non-leagues, looking for another chance, and, and they can come off. But you know, when you've got four or five in that same boat, then it, it's very difficult. Um, and it's, it's kind of unrealistic to expect them to all turn out to be to be good players. Um, so, yeah, hopefully there's there's kind of a bit more kind of uh, thought that goes into the signings this summer rather than just taking sort of one agent's catalogue of, of players. Um, but yeah, remains to be seen. Well, as you can imagine, we've had quite a lot of questions in about recruitment and players. But I think let, let's start with this one because I think this sort of frames the discussion. It's from Rob and he says, what are our ambitions for next season? Maintaining the league status or free-flowing entertaining football with an eye on the playoffs? I'll be there either way, but would like to know what mood I can expect in come 5pm every Saturday evening. It's it's an interesting thing. You know, I mean, we've, we've been saying, haven't we, that we think this season's going to be a lot like this one, you know, trying to stay up. But do you think that's what they're targeting? Is that is that a good season if you stay up? Is that the, the remit, if you like? Because that very much, I guess, determines what sort of players you try and bring in. It's difficult to say because um, obviously Cox's kind of remit this year was to um, was to keep the club in the league and, and he's, he's done that and he's succeeded. And I think that, you know, you can probably expect similar kind of goals for next season given that the, the budget's being cut compared to what it is this season and we've only just survived. I mean, I realise that you know, <clears throat> your budget is kind of not necessarily... Um, Tied to how you're going to do. I'm, I'm sure some 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 of the teams, um, you know, have performed really well this season. Have had a low, a, a small budget than we have, and and of course they've, they've completely outperformed us. And I think that, you know, it's it, despite the fact that you might have a cut budget, it doesn't mean to say you can't do well. But um, you know, it's, it's, it really is difficult to say. And you, you don't know. I think obviously first and foremost, it's going to be can you know trying to stay up. But obviously, it's difficult to say that, isn't it? Um, to I, Sort of like at a time you want to sell more season tickets, say, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, the, the goal next season is to stay up. You're not going to sell any tickets, are you? You're going to see nobody in the ground because nobody really wants to hear that. And I think that, you know, I'm not really sure, to be quite honest, what the mentality is because when um, when Cox came in, you know, one of the first things he said to Humberside was he, he, he wanted to to play, you know, exciting attacking football, you know, those those were his words. And, and, you know, how much have we seen that this season, you know, Barely any, really, let's be honest. Very, very, very rarely. I mean, it has happened. Um, and, and as you said, towards the end of the season earlier, Matt, with those stats, um, you know, it just reads like a litany of failure, doesn't it? Like the amount of shots we've had on target in, in, in games, in home games. And 
and you know we, we you know just by you know we're completely goal shy but we're also shot shy it's as if we we've, at times we forgot where the goal was and what we were supposed to be doing with it um <clears throat> with a ball so it's just i don't really know because you've got these two conflicting ideas whereas you know apparently Cox's remit was to keep us up, but he's coming and said, I want to play exciting attacking football. But a team that um, just survives by the skin of its teeth um, in League Two, you know, hasn't been playing anything like that, has it? And, and at no point has it going to be playing exciting attacking football. So it's like, did the two ideas completely collide when Cox came into the building and said, Oh, you know, he, he, he spoke to the chairman and said, Yeah, I want to play this kind of football. And then chair, and, and then and then Swan just sits at his desk, kind of looks at him with a, a kind of a, a blank stare and just said, No, mate, we're just trying to stay up this year. And Cox is like, Oh, shit. So it's, it's like, I don't know. It, it's very weird because you get so many different mixed. Um, mixed messages coming out from, from different people at the club, but I honestly don't know. Um, I think that it, it, it's going to be, you know, if we can stay up, that's good. Um, if we can maybe finish lower mid-table, um, then even better. But it, it depends. It, it really, really depends because at the end of the day, um, you need the money to make the right signings. And if the signings aren't correct, then as we said, it's not going to be a good season. Um, but, you know, <clears throat> on the upside, it means that there's going to be no no room for these kind of, as Matt just said, get, you know, buy one player, get four free from the same agent. You know what I mean? <laughs> so you're not going to be like inundated with players like Jarvis and kind of Mooney, just and and um, whatever the hell his name is, um, Taran coming through the door, um, because th- there's no room um, for these players now. Because we've got to be very, very savvy with the budget and the amount of players we've got on the books. Because at the same time, we've still got a pretty big under twenty three squad um, to take into consideration. And if some of the players that we've kind of invested in over the past two or three years um, from the under twenty threes aren't ready for kind of first team football, then will we start to offload some of those? I mean, obviously, it's 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 kind of kind of bear fruit with with O'Malley, who's been really good. We've been impressed with, you know what I mean. But apart from that, um, it's not really produced a huge amount um, for the first team, um, you know, with kind of middling success, kind of row, you know, okay, pretty steady, nothing spectacular. Um, Badeau, good in flashes, but in turns, you know, in turn, absolutely awful. And, and, and as I said, 3000 times on the podcast this season, if it's Watson as number one, it's, it's not going to be Watson as number one by the end of the season. Um, Unless we get relegated, but do you know what I mean? So there's, there's that. So they they have to get it right, and it'll be interesting to see what what if 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 they operate shrewdly and bring in kind of the right players that we need on the budget, then we can still have a successful season on a reduced budget. But of course, you know it's it's not happened in the past three or four seasons. We have not recruited well in the summer at all, and it's it's been a well, it's been a disaster, hasn't it, for a few seasons? So you know it, everything kind of. Kind of like rests on what we do in the summer. I think that's how big it is now. I've got a couple of points. I think the first one, Turan. I think we, we've been a little bit unfair on him uh, because when he's actually managed to get some minutes, he's not done anything wrong. I think he, at Crawley, he looked okay. Um, so God knows what's happened, sort of behind the scenes, or um, you know, he must be terrible in training. But you know, obviously, Cox just doesn't fancy him. But I'd start him on Saturday. I'd, I'd like to see what he can do. Um, definitely. Um, but yeah, secondly, another kind of thing I picked up on there, you mentioned Cox wanting to play attacking football. Um, has a team he's been involved with, so for example, Wimbledon and Knox County played attractive attacking football. Um, Wimbledon certainly didn't. I think they were they were definitely a long ball team and got the ball in the box and scored goals, but um, I wouldn't say they were playing attractive football. And um, Notts County fans, when Cox uh, came to us last summer, they said the same. It was very much long ball uh, football, and you know, I just hope you know, he's promised all these things when he's when he's arrived at the club. I just hope he can deliver them, and I know he's got to get the players in to do that. Um, but yeah, that that's kind of um, my point. Really, has a has a club he's been involved with ever played sort of attract, attractive football? I don't know. I don't think so. Matt, you mentioned there the under-23s, and that's a topic that we've had a few questions in about. Uh, One from Lee says, do we carry on with the under-23s, which has been badly hit this season, and spread the budget over more players who are not really ready for first-team football, or do we work with a smaller squad and have potentially better quality? Uh, It's interesting there. I mean, mean, obviously, all the football's been hampered by... You know, COVID this year and everything like that. But the the twenty threes, especially. I mean, it, I just 
I, I mean, how many games did they play, if, if any? I think it, was, it just seemed to be game after game getting called off. And I think that season wrapped up very, very early, didn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, you, you'd hope that <clears throat> they would have more opportunity to play games next season. You, you would think that that would be the case. And, and I think that for a, a kind of a project that, that kind of Swans talked about, um, you know, so many times um, over, over the past few years, and I think that, that that's always been part of his kind of longer term plan for the club, if you like, you know, to, to become, you know, to cut the budget, to, to be more sustainable, to, to kind of make some money off, off I don't know, off the land, off, off kind of, you know, the added infrastructure around there. And I think that um, it's, 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 we're kind of too invested in it now to, to get rid of it. I think, to be quite honest, I will be very, I'll be very surprised if they cut their losses with it um, for next season. Um, but, uh, you know, at, at the same time, you know, has it, has, has it, be, has it had enough time to kind of yield enough players for us to bring through into the first team? I mean, I, as I said, I, I can't think of any other than O'Malley that's kind of been a success story from that particularly, um, you know, I, unless you guys, can correct me was there anybody else really that's kind of come through into the first team and, and looked sort of like a genuine kind of first team prospect that we brought through from the under 23s no I mean I think it's it's more of a case that it's just kind of a, a team that homes the players the manager doesn't want I mean, that, that's what it's become and and that's not what it was brought in to do um, but yeah, I mean we had another comment from from Ian I think it was, was on the back of that one from Lee uh, just saying that he doesn't see how a team at the bottom of the League Two on on a small budget and the smallest budget um, since Peter Swan came to the club can sustain uh, an under twenty three side. Um, I mean, this season it's been a bit of a write off anyway because they've, I think they've only played about three or four games because of the COVID situation. Um, so you know, it, it, yeah, it, it's just not been feasible this season. But um, but yeah, I think they're going to have to look at it seriously because at the end of the day you know, that money could be utilised for, for a few more players um, for the first team. And I think we've mentioned it, that every penny that we spend this summer and every player that we, we bring in has to be good enough to slot into that uh, first team and, and has to be good enough to kind of, um, you know, be, uh, be ready, you know, when, when they're called upon to, to slot in. And yeah, it's a big decision that the club are going to have to make, but it's not just the players, is it? I mean, there's Russ, there's there's the other staff that, I don't know, obviously Pressman, um moved on but there's various others um you know that, that are working with that side um you know are we getting value for money from them and obviously this season Russ has been with the first team and, and things like that because there's just no under 23s but yeah it's it's an interesting one I don't know to be honest I just think it seems to be a bit of a waste of money at the moment um and I think you know, we've got to we've got to use every penny wisely, and I think probably next season you've still got to have a reserve team. That that's the thing. You've still got to um, keep players fresh. We're still going to have a squad of you know, it's not going to be a, a eighteen man squad. There's still going to be over twenty, I would imagine, with with some of the youngsters. So there's got to be games for these these guys to play, and otherwise they're just not going to be fit and they're not going to be ready. So um, yeah, it's there's got to be a balance. There's got to be games, and there's got to be that reserve team that that they can slot in um, but I would probably think that that's going to be made up more of sort of the youth team lads with maybe a couple of the fringe players filling the gaps rather than a dedicated under 23 side because um, it's a lot, a lot of players to have on the books isn't it once you've got your academy lot um, your under 23s and then your first team um, you know it's, it's a hell of a lot of players and at the moment I just don't think it's it's the best use of the money available you mentioned the academy there, and actually, just while we're on that, I might as well mention this as well because it's you know it's, it's a good thing we like to see the success stories and two you know academy scholars that've been offered professional contracts um, you know for next season. That's midfielders Karen Wilson and Dan Gallimore. So I, I don't know. I, I don't actually know if they've they've signed it or not. It, it's a little bit unclear on that um, statement. But if they've been offered it, and if if they are signing, fantastic. Let's you know maybe they'll get into that twenty three team if we are utilising it, or you know they'll be in and around the squad. But it, you know it's, it's good when uh, you know the, uh, we get stories like that. Um, just switching back to what you were saying about managing the money carefully and wisely. Uh, interesting question, this one, I think. Uh, it's from Andy, and he says, although uh, next year's budget looks low and set, do we think that Peter Swan will allow any movement for that bit better experienced player if one was available? And I think I, I, I think we might, you know, uh, but just it will obviously be well within our means. I think that's very 
that's been clear from all of PS1's recent interviews and statements that, you know, it's definitely about being within our means now. And that's, you know, obviously very, you know, sensible and great. That's what we want really. Um, But equally at the same time, I think he will have seen, you know, the, as you mentioned, Matt, the effect that players like Howard, Karajan, Brown had on the team, we had to bring them in in January and we did so. So I don't know, maybe that will just, slightly reassess situations and maybe just expand it the budget ever so slightly to bring in a player if he's you know as Andy's saying if it is a little bit more experience if they are available earlier on well I think it's quite interesting isn't it because um whereas kind of last summer to an extent we were working under the kind of the new salary cap kind of rules and, and we were our hands were tied in a certain extent to what kind of what kind of players we, we could bring in um but um, obviously we know that that, not, that has now been removed um so you, you would like to think that if that's if that's the case then then we would be able to go in for that kind of player because the limitations aren't there other than kind of self-imposed limitations for the chair and, and how the budget's going to be cut um but i mean obviously me and you um you know you and i will not know this and you know what kind of wages are on so we won't know if that breaches the kind of self-imposed cap the chairman's put so if, if there's a player that, that Cox likes and a kind of player that we think's really going to be worth it and we need to pay a bit more for the experience for the quality then we kind of expected to um in the budget that, that had been set at the start of the season then you know um you would like to think that that, that there would be scope there for us to do that and I think that You'd like to think that, it, despite the fact that the budget's going to be cut, you think that that would be made you know, kind of more realistically easier to do now. The actual kind of you know proper salary caps being removed. Um, so it'd be interesting to see. But I think that if you know, if we if we start start going about and and, and our kind of first few signings um, this month, by the way, um, a kind of sort of bereft of experience, um, then I think fans can start to get a little bit worried but if if the club has has learned its lesson and and the kind of first that the players that we bring in um you know I don't really want to use the term marquee signings because I don't think we can really do that now but um the, the players who 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 kind of who got have got a bit of experience they're a good age um and and they kind of fit the kind of the requirements of the squad um then I think fans can be relatively optimistic so it's it's going to be interesting to see who comes in um, you know, but I think a statement needs to be made with the first couple of signings we bring in as to kind of what we what we can expect moving forward in the summer and and how the club um, is sort of performing really in the recruitment market. Whereas you know before, um, it's it's failed miserably. So it would be <laughs> very interesting to see. Um, but you know we we can still be hopeful. I think that that we will get the players we want. Um, Swan loves a big transfer, and I, I can't imagine that that kind of desire is sort of left him in the past few seasons so um you know let's just hope they get it right well i think with swarm since he came in you know he's always kind of found a little bit extra if we needed it um in terms of signings i think obviously we were speaking about madden earlier that league two season it was madden and sires that kind of pushed us over the line um you know you, you're looking at so even the relegation season i know that the transfers that the players that came in all right we ultimately still got relegated um, and they didn't have much of an effect, but you know he had a go, and I think he said it was you know, about a million pound in wages. Those those four or five players that he kind of brought in to save um, the season. Obviously, yeah, okay, we we went down, but he he did have a go, and <clears throat> you know I think um, again, yeah, I think if a player becomes available, that they can maybe just stretch the budget for a little bit, um, then they might be interested, and I think. It's going to be interesting whether that's in the summer window or whether he's going to wait till January and um, see where we are. And it would be nice if we were in sort of the position in January where, you know, we maybe senses we could sneak in the playoffs or something like that, you know, and not for, for a second thinking that, that I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think it's going to be a very tough season. Obviously, we'll, we'll know more in the next few weeks when, when players start kind of leaving the club and, and joining. But... Um, but yeah, I th- he probably will. I think he's always found money from somewhere. Um, even this season, uh, you know, he's made the signings Howard and, and Karajan. Uh, he's found that obviously Cox was saying for a long time that you know, no money, we, we can't get anyone in, and, and there's no money for Jem. And then all of a sudden, you know, they, they both sign, and we kind of have an upturn in fortunes. Which ultimately, those, those sort of four games, five games, sort of save saved us this year. So. 
uh, yeah, to answer the question, I, th- I think you probably will. Um, and as Matt said, you know, the, the, uh, we're not kind of um, shackled by the uh, salary cap or anything like that this season. Um, you know, it's obvious we're going to be kind of not not going mad and it's going to be a low budget, but there is room if, if that player comes up that, that can really help, then you'd like to think he'd, he'd have a go. But, um, you know, I, th- I think it's a big, se- big sort of closed season all round, really, and not just kind of rebuilding on the pitch because obviously a lot of players leaving and, and we're going to need quite a few coming in. I think there's got to be sort of a lot of rebuilding and building bridges with the fans as well because obviously recent events have, have done kind of, um, you know, they've, they've had a, a negative impact really in, in that regard. Um, and I know that the chairman came out this week to say he's, he's disappointed with sort of the criticism and uh, things like that. And he's always put the money into the club and, um, you know, you, you yeah, he has, um, but he's also found a way to maybe maybe fall out with people or or do things. For example, that you know, ask, asking for for people to hand over shares when he when he first came in, things like that, and sort of rub people up the wrong way. And I I don't think that he's although he's put the money in, although we've had some decent times, um, you know, he, he's maybe not endeared himself to the to the fans as as much as as he could have. Um, but you know, I think I think there's there's definitely um, bridges to be built. Uh, I think we we just need a plan really from from Peter Swan what what he's planning on doing for the next few years. Um, and I think at the moment all the all the details are quite vague regarding sort of um, the, the transfer of the, the stadium and things like that. I think more will become clear in time. I think there's obviously a meeting tomorrow with, with the supporters trust and and a few of the supporters groups. So you know we'll, we'll see what happens there. But yeah, most of all, I think there just needs to be a plan. And I think now more than ever, given COVID and given the fact there's been no fans at, at grounds and people have found other things to do, we, we spoke at length about this this season. Um, they've got to find a way of trying to involve the fans again. And kind of, I think Andy Andy messaged this one in as well and, and said that fans want to kind of feel like they're, they're part of the ride and, and involved. And I think you look down the road at Lincoln, I think they've done that very well and sort of smashing season ticket sale records and, and things like that. Um, you know, they they all, I know they had the good FA Cup run, which kind of galvanised the, the, the city, if you like. And um, they've kind of pushed on from there. But, that's kind of where we need to get to again. Um, but, you know, on the other hand, I suppose one would maybe look at it and say, I, I threw the money at it in League One and, and I'm still only getting 4,000 through the gate. And maybe he looks at it and, and says, you know, whatever I do that people that people are going to criticise. Um, and to some extent, that, that is probably true. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a big summer. I think the club have just got to try and um, get the fans back on side and hopefully with sort of the, the restrictions easing. I know um, Cox was talking about doing fans forums and things like that. I think that will help. Um, you know, there's got to be more of that moving forward. But um, but yeah, it's, it's it's a big summer and, and you know, it's, it's a lot bigger than just what's happening on the pitch. That's obviously crucial and, and we've got to get it right. But there's there's various things happening off the pitch that... Uh, we need clarification on and, and hopefully, you know, if we can start developing, you know, I think Peter's one was talking about developing um, the stadium sort of towards the back end of the year and, and starting the, the development of the stand, then people might say, you know, oh, fair enough, there's something happening and, and something for the, for the good of the club. Because I think at the moment there's people maybe questioning his motives and um, unfortunately for, for one reason or another, there's, there's a sort of a lack of trust, I think, between uh, the fans and, and the board and that's not great and it, it's not conducive really to um, to kind of a, a successful football club. So that, that's got to get sorted. Um, but hopefully, you know, this, this summer can be the start of it and, and we'll just see where we go. You're probably right. And, and I also think that the club need to be a little bit wary because, <clears throat> I mean, you, you think about, obviously you, you'd like to think that Come kind of August, um, you know, football games will sort of like be back on the menu for kind of a, you know, for, for the mid afternoon for a lot of people in the, in the country, and I think that 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 probably will be the case. But at the same time, um, you're going to have that bounce where people um, sort of think, you know, finally we we can now go and watch a game live. You know, um, a lot of people will be looking forward to it. You know, just as the same way they were to, to go into the pub, really. And I think that that that's going to be the case for, you know, the first couple of weeks, but there's always a risk that that, that kind of 
that kind of like post COVID sort of bounce will like completely evaporate if if the club doesn't get it right in the first sort of three or four games home games of the season when when people can come in that you know they they might want to spend a bit of money they might want to buy something from the club shop you know get a bit of food watch a a decent game of football where there's a bit of entertainment on offer and I think that if if the club kind of gets that wrong. Um, because of the events of this season and, and basically how how awful the football's been um, and kind of, you know, the other issues we, we kind of spoke about with, with the you know re- recent things in the press about the club and things like that. Um, I think that if they, if they get that wrong, if we had a poor start to the season, um, you know, <clears throat> the club's going to suffer because I can see sort of average attendances dipping. Be- you know, the, the first few games, you know, there might be you know, a decent amount there, three and a half thousand, something like that. But if we, if we lose a couple of games, um, they're kind of, the, the new season bounce kind of disappears and, and people think, you know, what, what have I been doing for the past kind of year when I can't go to football? You know, it, it costs me less stress, less annoyance and less money. Let me go back to doing that. And I can just kind of check the results on Twitter. And then <clears throat> your fan base is then suddenly being diminished. Um, you know, however, we see places like Lincoln have done it really well where they've kind of, you know, lockdowns lifting, you know, let's get all these season ticket sales done and, and they've done that really well and people come and, and they'll stay because, you know, they, they show how good they are with engaging with the fans. So it's it's sort of a poison chalice really in, in a way. It's a little bit catch-22 situation because if, if, if they don't get it right, um, it's, it's a good opportunity because people want to go watch football. Um, but people don't want to go watch shit football week in, week out. And I think if, if we get fouled out and, and then that happens, um, then people are just going to turn up and, and we're going to be play, playing in, in front of very, very few fans. So, it's again, it's kind of crucial what we do in the summer and, and that, that kind of momentum needs to be built with a few good signings, kind of a few good announcements. Um, you know, maybe if that's something around starting the building on, on the stand or something like that. And, and the, 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 cl- the fans can see that there's a bit of movement within the club and, and it's kind of a little bit of something to look forward to. And, you know, they might go, they might buy into it a little bit more. And um, if there's a bit of positivity, if there's a bit of momentum created by the club, really. But if, if that's not done correctly in the summer, then you can't take... Um, advantage of that kind of key period, that kind of pre-post-COVID bounce, and and if you get that wrong, and you get the subsequent few weeks wrong after that, then you know you've kind of wasted a really big opportunity. And I think that if if, if the club gets that period wrong, then I think we're in for another kind of long hard season on and off the pitch, really. So it's the club just needs to get it right, and and I think that so many different dimensions to this, um, and and if it if it doesn't, then you know we're, we're going to have a, another tough season. It definitely is an opportunity. And I think we were chatting before we started recording this, weren't we? That there is, you've mentioned Lincoln previously. I know it's a much bigger city and things like that. I mean, I was actually, I was at university in Lincoln when they did have that FA Cup run. And it was, it was amazing. Like you didn't even have to watch football to feel like, you were part of it. Obviously, it was a great success story for them getting that far, but like the FA Cup came to the university. I think the Cowley brothers came, they did talks, you know, and anybody could go to them. There was real discount tickets, you know, um, at, you know, the student units. It's no wonder they sold, you know, a ton of season tickets. I know it's very, very different, you know, different city, different marketable areas and things like that. But, you know, we, we, we were talking about when we do it in the season, we do the grassroots day, don't we? And that is something I think the club does really well at. And it's been running a couple of years now, hasn't it? Obviously, didn't have you know it didn't end up uh, going this year for obvious reasons but it was it you know it, when we do that it's great and you get all the kids in you know all those teams come they see it, it's it's a bit of like an open day isn't it really and I feel like there is an opportunity for something like this throughout this summer obviously you know guidelines and rules and everything like that permitting but I think it's a real chance not only to get people back but to get a load of new fans really it's like we've not been there for a year. It's a new start point, really. This should be the start of quite a big, I I loathe to use the word project, really, but it could be considered like a project just to get loads more people in, you know, get a real good feel back about the club, about the place, and then kick on from there. Yeah, I think you're right. And it'd be nice to see, um, see, see what kind of ideas the CEO has, you know, because he's, Obviously, Rodwell got a lot of stick, um, and you know I think everyone was was pleased to see the back of him. So it'd be nice to see, um, sort of, yeah, what what um, ideas are there. But um, I suppose the other club, obviously Grimsby, have, have had their takeover confirmed today, and I know they've, they've obviously been relegated. But you just worry there that you know there's there's um, a little bit of momentum building, perhaps. Um, obviously, 
fans didn't particularly like Fenty, wanted him out for, for a long time and, and they've got the wish there. So you, you could see similar happening at, at Grimsby. You know, they've, they've definitely got the fan base. Um, and you could you could see something um, sort of similar to Lincoln happening then, uh, you know that would be that would be terrible, really, wouldn't it? So um, you know it's, it is a big big summer, and um, yeah, we, we've got to get it right. Obviously, first of all on the pitch, um, and and secondly off it, and um, hopefully we'll have a bit more of a successful season next season. But um, as it stands, yeah, it's difficult to comment until you can see sort of the players coming through the door, but. And given the low budget, given um, you know a lot of the what we would class as the better players moving on, um, yeah, it's going to be very difficult, and, and I can see another struggle. I hope not, but I, at the moment, I just I just can't see anything other than that at the moment. Right, we've had quite a lot more questions in, but I think we'll save some of them for next time. I mean, obviously, as we said at the start. Even though it is sorted, uh, there is still one game left, so Stephen is. So it'll be interesting to see how we do approach that. We will have one more episode of this series of the podcast. Uh, we've already talked to Andy, who's Iron Stats. I think he's going to come on and we'll have a little bit of a stat roundup and an overview of the season as a whole. Uh, we'll go through a load more questions. Uh, so, yeah, thanks for listening to this. Uh, one more of this series, so we'll see you next week. At Tiger Self Storage, we offer both commercial and domestic storage to allow us to cater to all your storage requirements. We care about our clients, and that is why we offer up to six weeks free storage for all new clients. Our facility has state-of-the-art security with 24-hour CCTV, an alarmed and gated property, and personal access codes for maximum security. We also sell high-quality storage merchandise at low prices. If you're looking for storage for moving home, general decluttering, or maybe even storage for your business, Tiger Self Storage has a unit for you. For a free quote, visit our website, tiger-storage.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 